Hey guys, it's so good to be with you today and it's a real pleasure, real honour. I'm just going to share a few things that have been stirring around my heart and uh, I don't know if you've got your Bibles today, but if you have, you can turn with me to Isaiah 54. I'm just going to read verse 1, verse 2 and then a little bit of verse 3 and it says this, it says, Sing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has, who has a husband. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Sing, O barren woman. And I just felt as I was um, praying that we are coming, and not just for Northern Hills, but also Hope Center, but also for individuals in this room, that we are coming into a fresh season of fruitfulness. And by what I mean by fruitfulness is meaning that that which couldn't produce before is actually going to start producing. That which is barren, that which you look at that doesn't have any life on it, it's practically dead. The Lord's grace is gonna come around some of those things and he's gonna begin to release a fresh fruitfulness of growth. We were attacking our garden yesterday today and we planted about um, eight months ago two uh, pear trees and they looked dead okay we put them they look good at the shop we put them into the ground and I think there must have been clay in that stuff because they started looking really unwell all their leaves started dropping off them they looked really sick and we were like man a bit like can these dead bones live it was like can these pear trees literally live and now we've hit a season and it's spring and those beautiful pear trees are starting to flourish. They're starting to grow. There are flower heads on there. There is a budding and there is a flourishing. And I feel like as a church, we're coming into a fresh intensity of the fruitfulness of God coming around us. And I'm excited about the prayer and the fasting as well, because as we partner with prayer and as we fast, I believe it's going to activate that which God is wanting to do over over us as individuals and as a church, that there is fruitfulness. And I know for some of you, there's been places of barrenness and some of you have been on journeys where even maybe the church that you've been in and the season that you've come out of has been a barren place. But I want to encourage you, there is fruitfulness for you. And this house is a fruitful vine for you to flourish and grow in. And you can begin to put your roots down and begin to trust in the goodness of God. You will not be disappointed you will sing for joy. The barren woman burst into song. She had an, an elevation of joy and excitement because of the fulfillment of only what he could do, which was bring a release of a nation in through a barren woman. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Do not hold back, Northern Hills. Strengthen your stakes, lengthen your cords in the spirit. Do not hold back. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and 
to the left. And just as Israel was commissioned by God to be a nation, a holy nation, I believe that there is a commissioning on us in God to begin to strengthen our cords and begin to activate something in the spirit that's going to just extend the kingdom of God in this region and beyond. Um, so I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. When God says enlarge and extend, you know, I kind of get excited about those things. You know, it's enlarging, it's occupying, it's building, it's advancing. And the kingdom of God is always growing. It's been bearing fruit since the day we first believed. The kingdom of God is actively growing around the world, bearing fruit. And uh, I know that that's the heart of the Holy Spirit, is that we would just continue to partner with him. But he's a builder. He's an occupier. He's an overtaker. He's an overcomer. He's an overwhelmer. And that's what he wants to do in us as a church family. But it's also what he wants to do in and through you, that you would break out and that there would be more of the kingdom of God around your world. So I want to encourage you to think bigger. Stretch those tent pegs out wide. Enlarge the occupancy of your mindset, oh Hope Center Church. I was actually looking at the word hope, and the Hebrew word for it actually means tikvah, and that word, tikva, means expectation, and it means cords and ropes. I was like, how cool is that? Oh, hope center, lengthen the rope, strengthen the cord. It's in your DNA to do that. But let's strengthen the cords of our own hope and a heart, hope that doesn't disappoint, hope that has expectation and life on it, hope that has faith. Let's enlarge our faith. Let's enlarge our vision. Let's enlarge our occupancy of what God wants to do because time is short. The clock is ticking. Jesus is going to come soon, I believe. Look at Israel. I mean, man, end time stuff happening over there. And I just think the earth is hungry for a move of God. The nation is hungry for a move of God. And we want to be able to just go, Holy Spirit, come and enlarge the tent. Come and, come and invade with your kingdom. And it's not just about building a hope center network. It's about partnering with the growing sense of the kingdom of God spreading over our nation and beyond. So let's strengthen our stakes, which is stability and commitment to what God is doing. And in that, as we, even as a church, go, you know what? We're going to strengthen our cords. We're going to, in the spirit, just begin to occupy and take faith steps into all that God wants to do. There will be opposition and there will be spiritual opponents against what we do. There will be the storms that come. And that's why I love it where it says, strengthen your stakes. Put your pegs down. Have a stability about you. Because when the storms hit, the anchor is Christ. And if we are rooted and established in Him, rooted and established in love, then as the storms come, we are anchored and we can still have hope and expectation. It doesn't shift. It doesn't waver around us. We've got this outside table and chair seating set outside in our lounge. And who loves the weather of Wellington? Woohoo! It's a just, you know, I'm still growing to love 
the weather of Wellington because I am a true-born southerner and I adore the calm, cool, collective state of Nelson any day over Wellington weather. And I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to sew it now. And it's calm over there. You can be in a storm here and then you can land there and it's blue sky and it's calm. That is just how it rolls. It's so close to Wellington and yet it's, it is the paradise. So it's over there. It's looking good. But anyway, our, our, um, so we're on the Belmont Hills and of course the hills get the wind and uh, so our, um, we have a, a footrest area as well on our city seating area. And every time there's a storm, that seating area flips up and begins to whack the wall of our house. So we've actually got now physical dents because the wind picks up this thing and bursts it against the wall. And sometimes it gets tangled in the seating. So then it looks really funny because then it'll make this funny sound. It's kind of trapped and it keeps swaying and it, it whacks the wall. So we've got all these dents on the side of our house because of the Wellington wind. But the reason it gets so affected is that it's just lightweight. It's aluminium, it's light. And so when the storms come, it's not anchored down, it just blows wherever the severity of the spiritual or the severity of the natural wind is blowing. And you know, friends, that can be like our life. If we're not anchored, if we're not strong, if we're not actively plugging ourselves into God, into his presence, into his, the strengthening of his word, then we become lightweight. And then when the storms come, when they hit, we get like that piece of furniture. We just get bashed against a wall. And uh, what God's wanting is he wants to anchor us and make us strong. He wants to make us have a capacity where it doesn't matter what is going on out there, whatever spiritual forces are being activated, we can stand strong, we can have expectation, we know that God is good, He never changes, that His favor is real, that He's on the move, that I can partner with Him and see great things happening, great things around my world, but great things happening in the nation. We've actually got another table, we've got a table and chair set actually out the front of our house, and with that, it doesn't move at all, because we've got this very solid piece of furniture out there, and so when the wind hits that you can't even hear anything sliding around it is just wind proof but our previous table had glass on it and the wind picked that up too didn't it and smashed it all over the front of our our house front deck so solid works amen the things that are solid are the things that last, which is so good. But hey, as God's expanding, as there's a season of fruitfulness, as we want to kind of look out on the horizon and, and begin to partner with all that, that God is doing, there's just three fuels that I just wanted to lay before you today that kind of wrap around um, the whole lengthening and strengthening your cords and occupying your land. And one of them is, and I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to the choir, but it's such an important thing to say that we need the fuel of His presence we need the fuel. We need the fuel of his presence. And I tell you, that doesn't just come as we're rushing about. Often that comes as we have time with God. And I don't know how it looks like for you. Maybe you're a connector on a treadmill. I have absolutely no idea. But for me, the, the way that I connect with God the most, how I'm wired, is to close my, my, my door and my walk-in wardrobe and stay in there where it's all dark and I can't distract myself. And that's where I can find that the presence of God is allowed to come and really settle in around my world. And it's funny because the moment I make that decision, often, 
open, there'll be a knock on the bedroom door and someone's going, Mom, where's Mom? Is Mom in here? Mom, are you in here? Where's, where's Mom? And, and, and then that kid will go, and I've got three, and often it'll be back to back. The third one will come on the hunt. The, the, the second one will come on the hunt. And then it's the Berman cat will start scratching at my, at my door to let me in. So I know that the world is full of distractions, but we need to, we need to partner to get the presence of God around us and get his fuel. I know I told a story one other time that when I was here that we, I bought a new car a while ago and I was driving up the Belmont Hill and it suddenly died. And I was blaming the new car and I thought, gosh, there's a fault with the car. This is a new car, it's got a fault. All right, maybe I need to ring up AAA. The first thing I did was try to ring Paul, but of course he was not the knight in shining armor that I was expecting because he never showed. And I was on this hill and the cars were parking up behind me and I was on a bend. Yeah, so no one could overtake me because they didn't know what was around the other side. And so everyone was packing up and I didn't want to look behind me too much. And then there was a bus, so everybody was getting involved, lining up behind Jody. And I even saw someone from the church. They were coming the other way. They saw my predicament, gave me a beautiful wave and carried on. I was like, smile and wave, friends, smile and wave. Like, I'm feeling the love right now. You are not my shining armor either. You're just, you know, um, there's words for people like that. No, 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 there's not. No, um, but it was, just, it was just funny. So I was there and I was trapped. And then I looked at the fuel gauge and I realized it was my fault. I'd run out of fuel. And then after that, I was like, well, this is not a proud moment for me. Like, who does that? You know, but I did it. So the thing is, is that a lady ended up saving me. She came up, fueled up my car with a bit of fuel that she happened to have on her property by foot. I was able to turn around and then go back down and kind of go like that as I passed 31 cars or whatever it was. But they tell you what, the only place I was desperate to get to was a fuel station. I needed the fuel in my car. That's what I needed. And I think sometimes we forget how much we need his oil and his fuel in our life. And if we just keep getting busy, we will dry up and we will tire and we, the enemy will have more an effect on our, on our lives unless we get used to penetrating through and allowing that fuel of his presence to come around. And the Bible says those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And the word wait actually means kawa in Hebrew, and it means actually an entwining. Those who are entwined in the Lord will renew their strength. And it's like a rope, they say. It's so entwined, like two ropes entwined together so well, you can't see where one stops and the other one starts. I tell you, we need the fuel of his presence, and we need to be like that. And the other thing we need with that is as we connect in with God, we also need to be one with one another. So we need the fuel of his presence igniting us together as one with him, but we also need to be one with others as well. Like Jesus said that they may be one just as my father and I are one. So we need the prophetic, we need the fuel of his presence. The second thing we need is we need prophetic fuel. We need the prophetic fuel of the Holy Spirit around us. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish in Proverbs 29, 18. And obviously that's not a, a literal perishing, but if we don't have prophetic vision over our lives, then hopes perish, dreams can perish, expectation can perish. Because it's the Holy Spirit. Yogi Cho says this. He says uh, that, um, that visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. 
So there's good ideas and there's God ideas, but we need the God ideas. And that, that He wants to speak and give us vision. He wants to give us vision as a church. He wants to give you a vision as an individual, and He wants to give you vision in what you're doing for Him and even just your workplace. He wants to give you prophetic vision in your workplace. He wants to speak to you, give you ideas. He wants to break open his, his infusion of, of prophetic vision of what you can see in and around what he's entrusted to, what he's put, put, put around your hand um, and around your world. We were, um, we were at um, Universal Studios a, a few months ago. It feels really nice to say that, actually, because we had never really traveled very far abroad at all. But we went to LA and we were in Universal Studios and... We hopped on this ride called the Mummy Ride. And uh, the thing with those rides, right, is that you don't know what you're going to get. And this was like a big, like, big room. So you line up and you don't know what's inside, right? It could be like one of those water rides, the log rides, the loom rides, or whatever. Or, or it could be like a ro roller coaster. Like, you don't know what you're getting. And so I hopped on this thing and it was a roller coaster. And it was an indoor one, and it was all dark, pitch black. And I had my glasses. Everybody else, the wise ones of the family, all put their glasses away in a shelf. I didn't even think about it, so I had them, I just tucked them in here. We did the ride and everything, and I came off the ride, and my glasses were gone. And I was like, where are my glasses? I, I don't know about you, but I, my pet hate is I hate losing things. Like, I really do. Like, I lost a pen at work, and it was a really nice pen. I even rung up a doctor that I didn't even know because he sat in the place that I thought I'd lost my pen on. That's how uh, fictitious I am about uh, losing things. So I was scanning around, and I was ringing up, and I was trying to find these glasses, but they had gone. So I had to relinquish the fact that they'd got ripped off me in the ride. And I tell you, sometimes, because there was a lot of jarring and jolting on that ride, but sometimes life can jolt, it can jar us, it can shake us. And with that, sometimes we lose that prophetic edge about us. We lose the prophetic vision of what God's wanting to say. And uh, I, I ended, up, ended up going into a shop and finding the replica pair of glasses for me, but the twists and turns can, can make us lose our prophetic vision. But God's wanting to put a fresh oil over our lens that we would really see and sense his speaking and his voice. And it's not about the good ideas. It is about the God factor, the God thing. And when you know it's God, everything needs to be tested. But the, the thing with God is when it's him, it works and there's life on it, there's oil on it, and it's, there's an excitement on it. And uh, the way I feel, because the way I'm sort of wired is I'm always wanting to lean in to what the Spirit is doing, whether it's over the nation or over the church or just what He's doing around us or what is maybe He's speaking. And for me, it's just like I just lean in. And it's a bit like having a prophetic eagle just kind of come swooping down beside you. There's this warmth and this the sense of feathers, you know, when you go into, when you like hug a cat or something that's soft and it's warm and it's just so enjoyable and you just kind of lean into it like, or like a feathered pillow. I feel like the prophetic for me is like that. It's like I'm, there's just an ease and it's just easy to lean in to the presence of God, just to lean in, not to strive, not to go, oh, I'm trying to hear God, but just, uh, <sighs> and I feel like the more kind of relaxed we are, when we want to hear God, the more he, he then is, is, has the permission to speak. And, uh, you know, this church was birthed out of that prophetic-ness of God. 
And uh, the Lord's been speaking to us about a Kapiti church. And, um, you know, I'm a little scared about that (laughs) because I think Paul's wanting to, um, you know, activate that in 2024. And you go, wow, okay, that's another whole extra of, of whatever that is. But anything that is of God you get that fresh sense of grace with it. And that's the excitement, exciting part of it is that when God speaks and we obey, it, um, there's a refreshment on it and a joy upon it. So we need the fuel of his presence. We need the prophetic fuel. And we also need apostolic fuel. Apostolic fuel. Jeremiah 6 says this. It says, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And uh, we, we were away because I've just, we had quite a stirring because we, we traveled, as most of you know, we were away for sort of seven weeks. We had a sort of what we called a family sabbatical and we got to see Europe and, and some of the nations that I'd never seen before. We'd often hit Asia years ago on missions particularly. So India was a jam and, you know, we'd sent teams to Africa and we did a lot with those nations, but we'd never really gone into Europe. And uh, it was a real pleasure to be in Athens. And we went into Athens, and the moment you got there, I mean, I was just transported back into sort of the Old Testament times, and I was thinking about Apostle Paul and how he was in Athens, and we were getting quite excited about that, and we were wandering around. We saw the Colosseum, and we saw ancient Roman buildings, and then we saw the Acropolis of Athens, that big, massive rock, and we saw sort of the leftover uh, temple places of what used to be in that place. And then we stood in the market of a, of a place called the Agora, which is where the Apostle Paul was. And he was in there just sharing about the faith of Jesus. And Greek philosophers heard him and said, hey, would you come up to the Acreopagus? Um, come up there because that's the place on the hill that we love to debate and talk about new things and any any new thoughts and ideals and idol- um ideologies. And so we stood on the rock looking out of what would have been the building that he would have uh, spoken to those Greek philosophers in. So you're looking out, seeing that, and he had preached from the book of Acts and said, oh, I see you're very religious. And as I even read that word, when you look up from that rock, higher than is another part of the big Acropolis rock. And on there were all these temples. And some of them are a bit derelict now, but they're marble and they're grand and they look spectacular and they're big. And on there, if you if you transport it, because sometimes I think we uh, dull down maybe what it would, would have been like for the Apostle Paul, but actually it would have been an intimidating environment. I mean, those Roman cultures, they were pretty developed for their time. They had marble temples and all sorts of uh, fancy stonework on their on their things. So there was the Aphrodite temple, there was the Athena temple, there was the, um, so many different temples, the Nike temple, they were all up there. And he said, wow, he said, I see you're very religious. And as he's saying that, he would have been pointing to these massive temples up there on the hill. But he said, but what you, what you don't know about the unknown God I am going to make known to you. And I thought, well, there is an apostolic fuel 
there on the Apostle Paul's life. And I feel like that is what we need as a church, even um, as we're going forward, as as we're advancing and strengthening our cords and fruitfulness. We need the apostolic fuel. And that was my prayer when I was there. was like, Lord, give us the same apostolic fuel, the same apostolic grace that the Apostle Paul had because I want to see a shift. I want to see people getting saved. I want to see a move of God in this nation. I want to see things not just as they were. We don't want to just be here just to be a church. We also want to be here to exist, to see a breakthrough and to see people getting saved and to see the manifestation of the power of God coming and setting people free, just as it did in Jesus's time and just as it did with the early apostles. I go, that is what I want. That is the ancient paths. That is the ancient roots that we want to link our identity to. We don't want to link it to LED screens or smoke screens or fleshy services. We want to link ourselves to the ancient fuel of the early apostles. That's what I want to link myself to. I want to link my heart to the, well, God, if, the, if you get martyred, you get martyred because we're here to serve the King of glory. Amen. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, we're hungry for that. We want their fuel. Lord, we love the fuel of your presence. We love the prophetic fuel. We love those things and we want to develop in that. We want to hear you so much more. But Lord, we we want the apostolic fuel. So when we, um, after that, we, we traveled, we went to Corinthians, uh, to Corinth, and where, of course, the book of Corinthians was, and um, we saw, um, you know, where he met, obviously, Priscilla and Aquila, and they were um, the tent makers. One of them was Jewish, the other one was Roman, husband and wife team, and they were used to plant the Corinth church in that place, and um, we stood on a rock where the Apostle Paul and Corinth went to trial, and they were um, actually right even today, they have a plaque that sits up there, and, and it, it's a paraphrasing of Second Corinthians, but it says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for, for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. So it was just a really uh, powerful thing. And then uh, Paul and the girls got to, when we hit Rome, got to go into the prison where the Apostle Paul was where he was sort of his final days, and he was writing to Timothy and uh, writing in the book of Timothy. And one of the things he powerfully said was, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And I feel like what has been disturbing post-COVID is that there's been such a, um, a, uh, a, a lot of people, maybe even... A, that we used to be in church and passionate about the things of God, just suddenly losing their faith, not keeping their faith, going off and just doing life and not running with the fuel of the early apostles. And I just believe that that is what God's wanting. He's wanting to release that fresh anointing over us because 
God is coming back. Jesus Christ is returning and he's not coming back to a sleepy bride. He's not coming back to a tired bride. The bride that he is expecting when he comes is a passionate, hungry, on fire bride that is moving with an apostolic fuel and has been obedient to uh into the call and to the propheticness of what God's doing in our end time, running with end time fuel and running with an apostolic grace um, to see an end time harvest one for the Lord. And I know it's not time to press the snooze button. We can all press the snooze button and just kind of go on auto drive and just kind of feel like we're just coasting and, and that that's all good. But I just think we need to have that awakening in our heart where we go, Lord, no, let me not go to sleep. Let me start to step into an apostolic grace. Let me start to step into an apostolic passion and let me just keep taking steps forward into you. Let me get a fresh hunger for the fuel of your presence again. Let me push away the distractions that like to come around. Let me have an anchor of my heart deep into the Word and deep, strong in you, Jesus, where I can say like the Apostle Paul that I have fought the fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And that, my friends, is the kind of tenacity and fire and strength that Jesus is looking for on the earth right now. He is coming, but He's looking for it on the earth now. He's wanting us to rise up and shake off the shackles of even our Western uh, mindset and begin to run with a fire and a passion that he so desperately wants us to run in. And um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm inspiring myself here. <laughs> it's like, I'm ready to run a fresh God. I'm like, yeah, but like the end time church needs an awake, alive, running church with fresh fuel. An end time church needs an apostolic anointing, amen. An end time church needs an apostolic fuel and God's wanting to release that over the church. He's wanting to release that, that we would strengthen our cords, lengthen our stakes, enter fruitfulness, but we need the fuel of a spirit. We need the prophetic around us, not our prophetic or our pathetic, but his prophetic. And then we need to have the apostolic fuel of expectation and power so that we can implement and move ourselves forward. So Shati Bakunde Sunday. We can have the band up and why don't we just stand? Why don't we just receive right now? Hare Bokundo Mietindo Martindi Moshande Moko Rande Masando Rabetiti Makundo Mashirana Makande Ronda miara da bakande shundo makita makundo rende moshundo. Why don't you just pray in tongues just for a moment? Shira makira na makira na makundo rende masundo mokunde hande moshimba rende mokundo ma shaba ba ba ba. Hande bekinde makundo mashira na makande zinde makundo fande makande hone makira na makande. Right now, just where you are, I just wanna. Pray for those of you that need a, a prophetic fuel activated in your life. And maybe you've struggled to hear God. Maybe you're struggling to see. Maybe you don't even are, aren't even aware of the time that you're in, that you've been appointed for such a time as this. That maybe just even the prophetic nature of the season that we're in, maybe you don't see it, you can't feel it, you don't know it. And I just want to pray for you. If, if you're struggling in the prophetic, why don't you just put your hands over your eyes. I'm just going to release a fresh prophetic eyesight over you.
Shandima Kundora Masande Rondoma Kierana Makande Lord, I just thank you for that. I just release in the name of Jesus a fresh prophetic seeing over those God that have struggled in this area right now in Jesus' name, that they would see like eagles. Thank God that there be able to be a prophetic sense without effort, just an ease to be able to see the times that they're in, but also that which you're saying into them, even God, their role, God, that which you're doing even prophetically in their lives and around their workplace and, and, and their function even in the house of the church. Lord, let that prophetic nature be activated in them. In Jesus' name, Shindi Mukundo Rande. Now just with every one of you just want to just lift your hands. We just want to release and ask for that fresh apostolic grace, that fresh apostolic, that which was on Apostle Paul, that which was on the early apostles, that which was on the New Testament church. Lord God, we ask God that that oil, Father, would flow again, that the apostolic anointing would be released over the house, that God, it would be released over us as a, as a congregation and as a people now in the name of Jesus, Father. We release your anointing, that ancient fuel, God, that ancient fuel, that ancient, ancient fuel, God, that never truly dates. It comes from your throne and is active and is able to build in this age. And Father, though there's intimidation out there in the world, Father, I thank you that the apostolic fuel breaks the intimidation like it did with Apostle Paul. It will break it here. And so, Father, we ask for new grace, new grace, new grace, even in the workplaces, God, new grace for the apostolic fuel to begin to move in, move into arenas and see things transformed by the gospel. And Father, we just receive that grace. In the name of Jesus. Shoda Mekirana Makande. Shoda Makande. Just keep your heart locked into God. What does it mean for you to strengthen your courts? That hope. That vision. What, what, what does that mean for you? What, what, what is God stretching in your world? Just lock your heart into God. God, what are you wanting to stretch in my vision? This morning, God, Lord, in my life, what are you wanting to stretch? What are you wanting to enlarge in terms of my faith capacity, in terms of that which I'm looking at? What is it? What is it that God's stretching for you? And God, we just pray, God, for that, 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 that grace to stretch, to stretch our hope, our vision, our capacity in you. And Lord, we thank you that in these times that what we need is we need people that are sold out for Jesus. And we, we just say, Lord, that's the sort of people that we want to be. Sold out for you, sold out for your purpose on the earth. And so, God, we want to thank you for it. And right across this place, God, we do thank you that you're placing something fresh and new on Hope Northern Hills, God. We thank you that there is a fresh fuel, that there is just a fresh touch of your glory, Lord, that's coming upon your people and your house because we believe it's a fresh new season that we're stepping into. And we thank you for the past, but also your word says to forget about the past and to press on to that which is ahead. And so we press into that which is ahead, believing for new grace, new giftings, new anointings, new visions. And God, we thank you, Lord, that 
The old has brought us here, but Lord, we need more of your glory for the next phase of the journey as a church. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you for that which you've entrusted. We give you all the glory and all of the praise. Why don't you just let the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost just get down on the inside of you. God, we thank you for fresh capacity. Yes, God, we give you thanks. We give you glory. We thank you. 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 Thank you for a prophetic grace. We'd be able to see. We'd be able to believe. Be able to step into it all. We thank you. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. But we thank you. There's nothing that you you place in front of us that we can do on our own, but there's nothing we can't do with you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that everything that you declare and speak as we depend on you, as we lean on you, Holy Spirit, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. God, we thank you the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so finally, we thank you. You're raising the champion on the inside of every person here. I just believe God is speaking to somebody here. You feel like you walked in today. You felt feeble, but I believe God says to you, the word for you is champion, that the Lord is speaking a fresh word over your life. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name.